0: Hello, dear friends. You are listening to the Sunday afternoon podcast with Greg Reese, but it actually, for some of you, it might be the Sunday morning podcast today with Greg Reese. That's what it is for me. So I'm going to say good morning too, just to keep it real. I'm recording this at 9.30 in the AM uh, because I have to. Hope you guys are all doing well. It's 911. I should add that to my notes, mine as well. Forgot all about that. And this is going out to everybody, the whole email list, which means someone's going to get triggered. And I'm sorry about that, but you're going to listen you're about to listen to a real person express their personal opinions. On subjects that, for one reason or another, are predictably triggering. Triggering, what does that mean? Triggering means that a mental thing, in most cases, a word, triggers an emotional response. Why does it do that? It's because of programming inside of our minds. We have programming inside of us to the point to where certain thoughts trigger emotions inside of us. And when another person happens to magically create that thought, pow! In the right circumstances, it triggers you. We get upset. And unfortunately, in some cases, we react. And what that is, is being out of control, being powerless, being a puppet of circumstance. We don't want to be that. We want to be in control. We want to be focused. We do not want to be triggered. Uh, We do not want to lose control. We want to stay in a nice zen state uh, in control of our bodily functions, (laughs) which is what that is. These emotions are chemicals inside of our body, inside of our endocrine system. And I believe they have, I think dogs are emotional masters. They're emotional Jedi's. Whereas humans are emotional retards in many cases, not all of us, but we're learning. In my opinion, I bet I just triggered someone by saying that word. And all that word means is it's a derogatory towards us, dummies. Anyways, that's a whole other subject. But anyways, uh, I don't mean to trigger you. It's just, this is a good subject. And sometimes, actually, the best subjects are the most triggering. Because here's the thing. I love all you guys, you know, and here's the thing. I mean, we're all in the same boat to, to certain degrees. And that boat is, in my opinion, uh, learning how to be better people. And what I've learned lately is it seems like our biggest weak spot is our emotions. So it seems like it makes sense that our... Goal here on earth is to become better about our emotions, learn about our emotions, you know, learn how to use them properly and respect them and, and uh, understand them. And so a lot of uh, schools of thought, I've done this, um, as, as have, I'm sure, millions of other humans, uh, you take note of what triggers you Could even actually write it down and hope that the next time it comes up, you can kind of catch it before it triggers that response, before you lose control. And then once you have succeeded at that, voila, life gets exponentially better at that point because once you do that once, you're just going to keep doing it because... It's good. So anyways, <clears throat> enough of the lovey-dovey stuff. I hope you guys are all well. <laughs> I said enough. I hope you guys are all well. I hope you guys are all thriving. I hope you guys are all uh, uh, prepared mentally, spiritually, and physically. <clears throat> 9-11. Um, you know, it's like uh, so cliche. Uh, where were you on 9-11 and all that? But I'll, I'll say it. <clears throat> Um, shoot, it's a boring story. I was just painting, I was on the job. <clears throat> um, I remember it as a Tuesday. Let's see if that's true. I'm sure it is. Well, who knows? I have no idea. That's how I remember. I remember a Tuesday morning, um, September 11th, 2001. day of the week. I'm going to add day of the week. Day of the week. Tuesday. Okay. I think that's, I think we all know that. Uh, Painting interior, nice house in Shaker Heights. And listening to Howard Stern, whom I can't tolerate anymore. And for good reasons. Um, But at the time I was a big fan. uh, And that's where, that's where it happened. And then after the first plane crash after a few minutes, me and my friend, I was just with one other guy and basically we were like, Hey, let's just go home to turn the TV on. So we got home. And as soon as we turned the TV on, we saw the second plane. I think we were, and we and in between we were just listening to the radio of, you know, stirring and them rambling. And my first thought was, uh, my first thought was terrorists. But then when the, when the buildings fell, I was like, that's an, I'm sure everyone, I'm not saying this to say like, I'm smart. I'm sure five-year-olds thought this, (laughs) you know, as they're falling, I'm like, that's a controlled demolition. I mean, I've seen, maybe not everyone has seen them, but uh, some of us are huge fans of destruction and explosions and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I remember from the earliest age, being engrossed every time I saw a, skyscraper being felled by explosions. <clears throat> so that was my red pill moment. Uh, and my red pill moment actually came a few years after, but it cracked on nine 11. I would even argue that was part of its intention, part of the ritual. I think when you start um, studying the occult, the mystery schools and all that, I think you have to uh, approach it with the understanding that everything is multidimensional, just like scripture. And that's going to lead us perfectly into today's subject. Because scripture is, in my opinion, multidimensional. That's what makes it, not all scripture. Um, some is accounting. I mean, it's a mixed bag, but some of it, a lot of, I think, I think the best scripture, let me put it like that what do I, what do I mean by scripture I mean written holy words not just the bible there are um outside of the bible the bible is western outside of the bible there are eastern scriptures that I am a big fan of what is there anything else west uh anyways I don't think that they are the literal word of God, because there's too many hands of man on them. And I believe that God allows us to muddle things up as much as we want. You know, he doesn't uh, stop us, free will. So why would uh, he step in and make sure that no one could muddle up the word, you know? I heard a very good explanation of uh, why there are, there are four Gospels in the New Testament, and they, are con- they contradict each other. And I heard a good explanation as to why that was. It was basically, if you were to put one Gospel in there, then people would become fanatical over it. Because we are superstitious. at our. I mean, I think that's one trait. I don't know if that's the best word for it, but I think all humans have a certain superstitious quality. It's obviously different and unique for each one of us, but I think each one of us have our own little unique superstitions. Maybe you don't. Here's what I'm going to say right now. Uh, don't get triggered. Get engaged and get in the comments. One of my favorite things about this podcast is um, the uh, the comments. People... Um, are getting to know each other and engaging with each other. What could be better than that? That is the road to peace, and a good world, is, you know, intelligent, peaceful conversation. And that's what uh, that's what I'm asking for today, because we're talking. We're going to be talking about some stuff that um, I don't really know a whole lot about, and I think it's important. And that's, where, that's why I mentioned scripture. Is because to. Uh, is to. Because that, that's why I think a lot of people. What we're going to be talking about is digital money. We're going to be talking about um, cryptocurrency. And a lot of people don't like cryptocurrency. I was told, this is what I was told. I was told that um, a lot of people don't like cryptocurrency because... A lot of Christians don't like cryptocurrency because of the mark of the beast. And so what does that mean? That means, for those of you who don't know, I will read Revelation 13, 16 this is to 17. And he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond... To receive a mark in the right hand or in their foreheads and that no man might buy or sell save he had that save he that had that the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name um so that's the one i think I think anyone who's paying attention sees that happening right now with the social credit system. There's no argument there, for me at least. It's definitely happening. It's very interesting. Now, uh, before we jump into the subject, like the real subject, I will digress a bit there and, and, and say what my thoughts are. This is just one person. I could be a big dummy. Who cares what I think? Anyways... <laughs> what that is, people, is it's just like uh I like I, I like to get along, so I don't want to always I don't it's not like my goal isn't to piss people off, but I have opinions. So um I am not I don't believe that the Bible is a little literal word of God, like I said. And I'm not like a Bible expert. I grew up in Catholic grade school where I was had, we had, we did have a weekly class on the Bible. So I am aware, like, I know the whole story. I was taught the whole story at a young age. When I read it on my own, I, which I did at a young age, I always read pretty much the book of Revelations. I was a, um, I also, when I drew cartoons, they were typically beheadings and, uh, and, uh, you know, murders and, <laughs> and uh, I don't think, and, the, you know, a lot of my friends around at that time were, I don't think we were much dissimilar. So I don't know. It's just the way, you know, growing up in the 70s at Catholic grade school. And I guess I am a strange, weird guy, but I think everyone is. So um, I, I was, that was my favorite uh, book of the Bible. But I never took it as, prophecy. And a lot of people do. And I guess I can understand why, because the story is, is a guy had a vision. But a vision doesn't necessarily mean a vision of a, of a concrete future event. I don't believe anything is, I mean, there, in a sense, the present, the present moment is already written. What we're experiencing right now, as the, in this very moment, as you're listening to my voice and you're feeling the, the temperature of the air on your skin, in this very moment, this moment has already been written, and we are just experiencing it. That I understand. But the future is not yet written, depending on how far, I mean, you, you could, I guess you could argue maybe a few, like, I mean, you know, and then what is time and all that, but I think you get what I'm going at. And it is in my opinion that the, the enemy, however you want to label, entitle the enemy in this spiritual battle of good versus evil, it is my opinion that the enemy is using that uh, idea and belief of prophecy and the book of Revelation to make people accept that this all has to happen when in fact, I don't think it does. I think in my opinion, what we're reading in the book of revelation is, is multidimensional. Just like I said, I think all good scripture is multidimensional. And I believe what it's describing is a, um, a transformative moment in this, good, evil thing, for lack of a better word, this, because this thing, this good evil thing, it's whatever you want to call it, uh, light, dark, whatever, it's, these are qualities of the physical world, of, of where we live that are innate. So I don't like the words good, bad applied to this because, I mean, you could easily apply those words. But that's um, those are object. Those are subjective. I think is the right word. I never get that right. Uh, <clears throat> personalized is what I mean. Bad for us, right? But back up far enough, it's just the normal processes of life: destruction and creation. In this world, in this physical realm, you know, there's more, obviously, to God's kingdom than, than this. This is just one aspect of it. So the, that's what I believe Revelation is describing. I believe we are in this time that Revelation is describing, but I don't believe it's, it's, it's um, literal. It's obviously not literal. It's obviously multidimensional. What does that mean multidimensional it means there are multiple um there's 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 the the information that is and this is where i accept that god had god has had inspired it or however you want to word it (laughs) you know we're limited with languages but is that it it is there's multiple depth how do i say it there's Let's see if we can do this. Um For example, the the seven lamps, right? The yeah, the the seven lamps or the seven in the revelation and all that, the uh Am I getting that right? Like I said, I'm no, I'm no preacher. But, um, when you read that, the unsealing and all this, you know, this is, uh, this, uh, you could say it's a coincidence or whatever, but it corresponds to the, what the Eastern knowledge teaches of the seat of the soul, which is the endocrine system you know the seven chakras it's not woo woo it's you know unless you think biology is woo woo because when you line it up to the endocrine system you have the entire endocrine system uh marked out it's the same that, that's all it is and so it's like that and they say that's what that the human body is a creature that our soul inhabits and um the uh i guess the the ancient biology teaching there is the connection is the seat is the endocrine system and um, or the nervous system. I guess maybe you should say the whole you know the whole spinal cord uh, endocrine system, <clears throat> all that. Um, that's all the chakras are pituitary gland, pituitary gland, uh, the, you know all the glands. These glands, <clears throat> interestingly enough, this is also related to the emotions that we were talking about earlier on and getting triggered, these chemical things and everything like that. One, one more reason, you know, I mean, it's like you gotta learn how to ride the ship, you know, it's like the body the creature is like a ship that our soul, na- you know, navigates through this experience with, and and if you get triggered all the time, uh, it's like you're, you're gonna crash the ship potentially, cause some damage, so. That's a whole other subject, but um, so when you look at uh, Revelations in that regard, it, it, the multi dimensions is is it's describing a spiritual enlightenment, I suppose, within not just the um, the collective of humanity, but the individual. I would even say that's. A, I would even say the collective is caused by the enlightenment within the individual. Uh, we are all on different um, points of the journey of enlightenment. And what is enlightenment? I think enlightenment is simply, you know, the, the way it's commonly described is the seeing of the unseen. The, you know, the apocalypse. Same thing, the apocalypse is translated into the lifting of the veil, you know? I think that's a, I think. Most of you understand what the heck that means when I say that, (laughs) you know? Like, I think most of us are experiencing something that could be described as, you know, the lifting of the veil or the seeing of the unseen. So I think most of us are in the process of this enlightenment that has been described for millennia. And so the more the... Okay, wait, so let me back up. And I think most of us also can relate to a moment when that happened. People call it a red pill moment. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. But like even me, I grew up not trusting anyone. I, had, I, I, I already knew that everything the government said was a lie, I already, I already knew they're all liars. I just didn't care. I just focused on things like music and making videos and things that, that were fun. I just I just focused on having fun. And then my red pill moment changed all that. My red pill moment really, anyways, it was dramatic. It was profound. I I, I think for a while I called it a spiritual awakening. And the only reason I stopped referring it to it is that is because, you know, this is back in 2004 before that, term was used up, and then that term was just used very often, so I just kind of gave up on that. I prefer a red pill, even though that's pretty used up, but you know, whatever, we're talking about things that are hard to describe. I guess it's a religious experience, really, if you want to speak the most universal term. But the more of us that start entering into this experience of seeing the unseen The more people in the collective of, of mankind, like the hundredth monkey theory, where studies were done in the, I think the Galapagos Islands, if I'm not mistaken, where they were studying the habits of monkeys and at one point, a monkey started on one island, a monkey started washing its potatoes in the water before it ate them. Before the, none of them ever did that. The monkeys around them saw that monkey doing it, and then they started doing it. And then, after about 100 monkeys started doing it from monkey see, monkey do, then all the monkeys on all the islands started doing it as if connected by some type of web. Innate, natural... Not a, not the internet, not the man-made luciferic version of it. <laughs> not, not that I'm... That's a perfect way. Okay, so that's where we're getting at, right? There we go. I'm gonna write that down. But the natural, innate web, right? Those monkeys had. And so, same here with Revelations. The more of us who, who awaken our seven lamps and start coming out of the slumber and seeing the things as they really are. Eventually pow, everyone's just going to revelation, bam. And then everyone, and then all is revealed. Now, having said that, I'm starting to think that I don't disagree with the prophecy people at all. Right? Because As I said that, I realized that um, the way that all, what's being revealed is um, the, uh, the whole 666 movement, right? That's basically what's being revealed. The slave, the slavery, the slavery is what's being revealed to keep it as simple as possible. Our enslavement is being revealed. And so how does that happen outside of basically uh, the Mark of the Beast system coming up? Okay, touche. So there you go. That's why it's important to talk. So it's just like basically I think the New Agers, and there's some New Agers out there listening... I think this is the same way how me and the new agers basically agree on most things. We just use different language. I think I'd like to do almost a, in in another world, if I could just do like, meaningless, fun videos, I think I'd like to do a video of translating new age speak so that the rest can understand. But um, for example, I think I've said this before, but this is—I just learned this. Someone just explained to me what 5D reality is as opposed to 3D reality. I'm sure you've all heard that before, and you might have even heard it. And oh, I'm not going to—I'm not going to make fun of people. So, uh, uh, but I mean, I love—I mean, I like I said, I've lived with the, I, I, you know, I, I pretty much uh, have a different opinion than almost anyone. So, uh, you know, I love you all, but. Um, what that means, uh, moving from 3D to 5D, what that means is the golden rule. It means learning cause and effect. It means learning karma, however you wanna call it. You can call it 3D, 5D, you can call it karma, you can call it cause and effect. Learning that your actions towards another has a, has a, is wrong, basically. Learning to uh, live and let live. Learning to leave other people alone. Don't feed off of other people. Don't be a cannibal. There's all different ways you could say that, but that's all that means, so. Point being, okay, I guess I am on the same page as the prophecy Christians. Awesome, cool. Well, we're all united. You know what, I bet if you talked long enough, the people, we the people, and that's like all of us, all of us slaves under these weirdos, whatever they are, whoever they are, are all really the same. We could all unite. It would be too crowded for me, like, to, uh, you know, like parties and celebrations and stuff, but that's cool, I'll just stay home. But I bet you we could all unite if we just, if we just talk long enough. It's the same way I, I've been, unfortunately I've been in, most of my relationships, unfortunately involve a lot of fighting. And outside of those relationships, I don't fight with people. Like, I am I like to get along. Like, you could say in my job, I, I, I do a bit of fighting and stuff. But in personal relationships, I, I'm a very laid-back guy. And I like to be – I like to agree with people, the, my, my close friends. You know, if I'm going to, like, disagree with people, I prefer it to be outside of my home, you know? <laughs> um I mean, that's just me, uh, and I know a lot of people like to fight, but uh, the point I'm trying to make is, in, in, I want to say almost, but I think I could say in every fight, in every fight, by the end of the fight, what, what came to be realized is that we never really disagreed on anything. It was just a pointless, meaningless fight. And it's extremely memorable because that would always then make me more upset, (laughs) you know, like once I, once that conclusion, once that came realized, I was like, okay, so we just wasted sometimes 24 hours, sometimes unbelievable. So words are limiting and this could probably be the tower of Babel. But speaking of Babel, I have gone 30 minutes of doing preview for the topic, but we're there now. So, as you see in the title, cryptocurrency, and you're probably scratching your head like, this is 30 minutes and you're not talking about cryptocurrency at all. Okie dokie. Well, here we are. This was inspired, actually, by a, a donation that I received this morning from from someone talking about Ethereum. They say, uh, hello, I'm a Bitcoin guy. I saw you're planning to do NFT, which is based on Ethereum. Ethereum is going to change their protocol from proof of work to proof of stake. And then he's saying he's going to then put this in the hands of the biggest... Stakeholders. So I haven't heard... Oh, and the, and the executive director of Ethereum Foundation is a WEF member. So I'm just kind of digging into this too. And this, I mean, this might be a report I should do. I just don't understand a whole lot about crypto. I will tell you what I do understand right now to help with the uh, comments. I, um... I was aware of Bitcoin within weeks of it being published because it came up on the, uh, on the news sites I was monitoring at the time. I understood it. Bitcoin is very simple. People that... Um, and because I don't understand a lot about crypto in general, but I feel like I do understand Bitcoin... Because of that, every time I hear people denounce or renounce Bitcoin um, outside of like the Bitcoin cash people, then I assume that they basically don't really, they never really looked into what crypto is. And this is where I mentioned the whole thing about scripture is, I, I, I think from what I can observe is, for a lot of people, digital money is is bad no matter what. No digital money. And I think, I think we're getting to that point in reality where no one's going to trust anything but silver and gold for a while. But I do think we're going to get back to, I think crypto's not going to go anywhere. It's just going to, it's just not going to be trusted. It's going to go through a period of having to gain trust. And it's already done a good amount of that in the past, since 2008. So it's, that's why I'm saying I I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's already proven itself. How has it proven itself? Well, no one's been able to crack a wallet yet, as far as I know. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, um, exchanges get hacked. You know, uh, people get their personal information stolen and hacked and then and then you can crack a wallet but from what i understand the actual crypto part of it am i right let's look at the definition of crypto yes i was right cryptography short for cryptography And is that what that means is cryptography is the art of writing or solving codes, crypto. So it's secure, secure currency, basically. Now, the best explanation, I the reason it works is because it's on the blockchain. Once again, folks, correct me if I'm wrong here. And. The best way I've heard the blockchain described is that there's an accounting ledger in everyone's hands. So like, when you're on the blockchain, you have, um, you have like an accounting of everything uh, and, and the only way you could hack someone's wallet is by somehow being able to gain control of every single last person on the blockchain at the same time. Which could be done by probably a superhero with like demonic powers. Um, But bottom line is it's gone this far without successfully being, so that's that's good. And uh, what else do I know? I know that Bitcoin has scarcity built into it in a way that um, teaches us more than anything. I think it teaches us lessons. So I think Bitcoin is a teacher. That's what I think. I think Bitcoin was put there to, so that we could all learn what currency is and what makes a good currency and what makes a bad currency. Because basically a cryptocurrency is what we decide is what we choose. And a lot of people say that it could be, I think it could be Bitcoin, but I think, I think Bitcoin is more, I don't think Bitcoin is going anywhere. If cryptocurrency becomes a, a regular form of exchange, then Bitcoin is not only definitely not going anywhere, it's going to like, Peak, you know um but i think it's more of a teaching tool i think the the uh the ultimate end game currency would probably probably be something very 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 similar to bitcoin but i think with a few modifications to make everyone happy because there are people out there in the crypto world and 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 in, in the good crypto world and i think most of the crypto world is is like a um is a good crypto world. And what do I mean by good? I mean, in my opinion, obviously, but like people that are pro-freedom, pro-individualism, you know, um, libertarian type money people. That's the that's the uh, spirit of cryptocurrency. The spirit of cryptocurrency is to get rid of the banks. And this is where I think a lot of the anti- Digital money people. I don't know. I don't know if they get that or not, but because um, the spirit of it is like the spirit of Bitcoin, if everyone was super smart. And all I mean by that is 2020 taught me that people aren't we're more herd-like. So maybe it's not about smarts, it's more about herd-like. But if we were more like vigilantly opposed to the banks in mass we could have done it just through Bitcoin. If everyone just started taking all their money out of the banks and putting it in Bitcoin, it would have destroyed everything bad. You know, it would have destroyed the Federal Reserve Banking System and the IRS and everything attached, which is everything, CIA, FBI. Um, it would have been a mess, but that, it would have been like a, a revolution, but done through simply choosing our own system, which is pretty righteous. That's kind of what I thought might happen years ago. Um, but it didn't, unfortunately, I didn't, I, I, I uh, was aware of Bitcoin right away and I believed in it, but unfortunately I didn't invest in it back then because I grew up mostly poor and most, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying like, I mean, I, I lived a, you can be poor in America and live a great life technically poor you know if you know how to live simple and you're single uh, you can live poor and live good but um i had a poor mentality and i always thought like to buy and invest you needed like you know i just imagined in my head you need like 10 grand of just spare money laying around to be like all right i'm gonna put it on bitcoin it didn't occur to me that i could have just bought five dollars worth of it you know and then had like tens of thousands of dollars right now (laughs) if not more but I didn't. I didn't buy until 2017, which was a good year to buy in. Still, anyways, digital money. A lot of people. The other argument is um, is is people that are just dead set against a cashless society because of tracking which makes sense too. But my argument for crypto is not in the current paradigm. And I think most crypto people would agree with this. My argument for crypto is a solution beyond, like, like forget about the Federal Reserve Bank. Forget about Federal Reserve notes. Forget about all that. Pretend they don't exist. That's what we're talking about. And that's why... Um, That's why this subject... And that that brings us to the subject again, because... Excuse me. According to this, Ethereum is about to fall in the hands of the enemy. So that's good to know. And I'm going to read this article I looked up on the subject. Where are we? Here we are. Ethereum merge explained. So... A little bit of what I know about Ethereum before I read this article is Ethereum basically followed Bitcoin. I don't know if it was the first one after Bitcoin, but it was in the first like few uh, cryptos that came out. It's probably arguably second only to Bitcoin. And all I know is that smart contracts, You know, smart contracts, what does that mean, smart contracts? All I know is that you're able to use Ethereum with a, a, a bunch of different things. Like I have a few crypto coins stored in my wallet that aren't Ethereum, but they are, are riding along with Ethereum. So is that affected by what we're about to read? I don't know. I have, I just started doing NFTs which I could talk about too. I think NFTs are actually kind of legit there. If you like the blockchain, I like the blockchain. So far, the blockchain has proven itself. block You could vote. You could solve, uh, I think paper ballots are better right now. But in the future, um, like I said, none of this really is ever going to unfold in a good way in the current paradigm. Anyways, I don't know much about Ethereum. I just know it's what I said. I'll read the article. Ethereum, the second largest blockchain network, is expected to complete its transition to a new system for processing transactions within the next couple of weeks. The network shift from proof of work to proof of stake has been years in the making. However, shifting timelines, mixed plans, and mixed messages from Ethereum's core developers have raised fundamental questions about what it all means. Will Ethereum fees decrease? Will the price of Ether, the network's native currency, increase? Why should I even care? All right, well, first of all, let's look at um, proof of work and proof of stake. Proof of work is the blockchain-based algorithm that secures many cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin and Ethereum. Okay, well, there you go. This is what I think I was describing. Proof of work is the algorithm that secures many cryptocurrencies. It's needed to make them work without a company or government running the show. Okay, there you go. And that's basically what I described. That's the the good part of crypto is proof of work. Cuts out the middleman. You don't need anyone. Just we the people. And the miners... That's we the people, if done properly in a proper paradigm, once again, yes we are we are we are in the shift, okay, so that's proof of work. proof of stake is a method of maintaining integrity in a blockchain, ensuring users of a cryptocurrency can't mint coins they didn't earn so proof of stake is. I'm reading. (laughs) All right, I'll read out loud. (laughs) Both proof of work and proof of stake are what are called consensus mechanisms, the method by which a blockchain maintains its integrity. Consensus is what addresses the double spending problem of digital money. And that's good too. If there were any way the user of a cryptocurrency could spend their coins more than once, it would undermine the entire system. The currency would be worthless. This is... A tricky problem, especially with online currencies. To have much more blah, 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 how they're spending it. Proof of work versus proof of stake. Okay, this is a good thing. Some argue that proof of work has problems. In a nutshell, proof of work. In proof of stake, miners are more likely to win additional blocks if they have the money in Ether. In the case of Ethereum, in other words, proof of stake relies on proof of how much stake users have critics argue it hasn't yet been proven that proof of stake can eradicate these problems okay so this article i'm reading it almost sounds like it's just selling it's an ad for ethereum shift this is from coindesk so once again in the comments maybe you can explain in layman terms for the rest of us what the difference is here like this one when it says proof of work is basically what made bitcoin great All right, I kind of get that. That means you don't need a middleman. It sounds like proof of stake means you need a... There's going to be a third party involved. That's what it sounds like to me. This article says, according to the Ethereum Foundation, the nonprofit that funds Ethereum, ECO exists. POS will... Okay, so the Ethereum people are behind it. Uh, will it increase the price? Can I become an Ethereum validator? Okay, so All right, so I guess there's validators or stakers. That's that's so there's there are people involved. It almost sounds like there's like fact checkers involved. Like their own version of fact checkers. No, 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 Can't murder, will This is not uh, helping because this is just all propaganda, it seems like. But let's look into the claim here <clears throat> from our friend about... Uh oh, he's got a link here. To... Um World Economic Forum. Aya Miyaguchi. Aya Miyaguchi, executive director of the Ethereum Foundation. Aya originally became fascinated in the blockchain space for its potential to impact financial inclusion in emerging economies. She joined Kraken in 2013. Her passion for creating a lasting, sustainable impact led her to join the Ethereum Foundation as executive director. And Aya's goal is to help Ethereum maintain its soul as an infinite garden, a decentralized creative space that is open source, inclusive, and permissionless. And this is at the World Economic Forum. So, okay. I'm going to add this opinion. This is my gut. (laughs) This has been my gut since I saw it in 2008. My gut is that the Bitcoin white paper was a wrench thrown in the plans of the mark of the beast system um, and now it's being they're desperately trying to take control of it, and in many ways they are, are succeeding and it sounds like this is one of them i need i guess what i personally i need to figure out is if I should. You know, you can do NFTs and other cryptos. There's two cryptos, Ethereum and some other one. Maybe I should start doing it in the other one. I don't know. Is Ethereum bad? What's going to happen now? So, um, right. I mean, you really, we're not going to... Here's the bottom line is the only way into this world is, is going to somehow involve the disruption of the current system. And uh, um, right now that if you listen to the... Financial pundits, they're all saying that that is happening right now. Like within the next six months, the dollar is going to become worthless. And in my research, that seems legit. Like that seems to be exactly what's happening. Um, And uh, we're lucky if we can avoid World War III. You know, we're lucky if we can see, in my opinion, that's the best thing that could happen. And I think that's, I don't think that's their plan. Think about it. Look at the social credit system and the phone apps and all the vaccine passports and realize that the blockchain system is years away from making that a possibility. But the digital system that we have already is not. The digital system we have already is completely ready for that. I mean they're doing it and they, they've already they're already doing it in China. They have no glitches. and they're they'd be ready to roll it out everywhere else as they can. I think I think ideally what they want to do is make things so is get people on the universal basic income and all that stuff and then by through programs like that you know through beating us and then offering us free stuff and then beating us and then offering us free stuff getting us to accept This social credit system, which is the mark of the beast, because now you are beholden to the system. You are now beholden to man. Now your government is man. Now man decides your rights. Now man decides whether or not you're free, whether or not you're worthy of buying food, whether or not you're worthy of living. That's the 666 system. 666 is the number of man. It's the number of hum- of, uh, of us, and so if you're going to live under that, good luck to you. <laughs> you know the beauty of what we have I'm not like a right winger I'm not a republican I'm not a none of those things I'm just a dude I'm just a guy I'm, I'm an American but here's what I do understand and this is why I'm involved in all this is because I understand the importance The value, the value of having a government that recognizes natural law. Meaning, a government that recognizes that they don't have the authority to mess with anyone because we're all equal. We're all children of God here. That's uh, very, 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 very rare. In fact, You could argue that it really only exists in our imagination. And the American Republic founded after the American Revolution is the closest possible example of this in real life. And it's really, I see it in the First and Second Amendment, well, really in the natural law. And the First and the Second Amendment are there to keep that alive. To give us a chance to keep it. And right now, we are being tested. And this is one reason why... It's really... The First and Second are simple. You exhaust the talking. Whoever fires first loses. So you stay calm and peaceful. And you... You talk it through, and that could include uh, ridicule. that, That could include harsh bullying. Sure. That's all peaceful. And you exhaust the First Amendment until the enemy finally crosses the line, and then you have the second. It's really simple. And it's just all about individual freedom. And so, yeah, as as all is being revealed, that also means, what does that mean? What's being revealed? The scams, the lies, the tricks, the bullshit. And so, obviously, this has a predictable, you know, succession of events that are going to follow and one of them is going to be uh well it's going to be uh, somehow a destruction of the old and then a creation of the new and uh, the destruction's already happening and like i said yeah they they're trying to get some cryptos to sell, but who's going to buy any of their cryptos? You know, it's like, it's going to be hard and the system isn't really ready for it. You're you're going to have to, once we go to crypto, it's going to be, you know, a few years probably of adapting, us adapting to it and it adapting to us and learning how to make it better. Um, If anyone's old enough and they remember back in the 80s when we started sort of transferring over from analog to digital for the first time, it's going to be similar to that. It's not going to be we're gonna be on silver and gold, slowly over years, transitioning to a crypto because it's gonna to have to be proven. We're gonna to have to vote. We're gonna to have to first. We're gonna to have to fix the voting system so that we trust the voting system so that we can vote on a currency. <clears throat> and then we're gonna to have to vote on like all that stuff, right? Because there's gonna be major trust issues. So it's not like overnight. And. Um, <clears throat> And I don't see it as, um, I do see, I, I obviously am a proponent of it. I, I, because I do think, okay, now I'm going to play devil's advocate. Obviously, this whole talk, I'm coming from a, I'm sure you're aware that I'm coming from an angle of like, yeah, di- there's nothing wrong with digital. Digital can be fine. All we need to do is, you know, create a system and a government that serves us and then we can, you know, digital's good. Okay, so where am I coming from? I love computers. Why do I love computers? Because I'm a musician, I create music, and I'm a filmmaker, and I create videos. And those, in my life growing up, I I did Super 8 film when I was a little kid, and I did tons of VHS videotape that really all comes out looking crappy. Tons of it, though. And um, to get in the game of doing quality film and audio back then, you needed to be a rich kid or uh, just get a lot of money. From my perspective, you know, and then, and then in 1999, I got my first computer and that all changed. All of a sudden we were all on an equal playing field and I love creating music and video on a computer. I really do. So personally, I have a love for digital. Now I'm going to wrap it up by playing devil's advocate because I don't know anything but what I do know how to do is to sort of try to look around and look from other perspectives. So, as I said earlier, like I said earlier, um, the internet seems to be in many ways a luciferic version of what already naturally exists. Now, first of all, obviously, I, I mean, in many ways, you could say the internet has allowed the awakening, the revelation, the red-pilling, because people from all over the world are able to... People... If you've only been on the internet, if you're young and you've only been messing on the internet like for the past 10 years, you don't know. Oh, man, it was mine. If you've only been on the internet for the past 10 years, then I could see you being like, yeah, the internet sucks. But um, back in the day, it was was the amount of information you could get so easily just by searching the basic. I mean, it was incredible. And you were hearing... From people all over the world comparing notes on certain subjects, it was... I don't think this awakening that we're experiencing right now would be happening if it were not for the internet, okay? So I'm not like saying I'm anti-internet, but if anyone has gotten into remote viewing, I know I did a podcast on remote viewing probably a year ago-ish, if you're not aware of it it's a very interesting subject it's basically remote viewing is a government term for it because they trained they had a program where they trained people to do it it's basically psychic viewing using your mind's eye to actually see other physical locations without being there and in my opinion it's totally legit i've done it three times as in, and i had a uh, witnesses involved, you know, I did a, it was a pretty proper experiment, triple blind. Um, I recommend it. As, if you're interested, I recommend looking into it and trying it yourself, because uh, it's something I think we can all do. I don't think it's like some magic. It's just something I think that we can all do naturally, but we have been conditioned away from. And so what is that, if not some type of natural internet. Remember when I was talking about the 100 monkey theory, right? The Once a certain amount of monkeys all started doing it, I guess they were probably thinking about it. While they're probably... When those first 100 monkeys were doing it, it was so new, those monkeys were probably, as they were washing them, they were probably watch, watching their hands wash the potatoes and just think to themselves, wow, this is great. This is great. These These... You know, you can just get the dirt off of these taters, and they taste so much better, and they're all fresh and clean. And that feeling, that emotion, right? Because they're feeling an emotion of, of, of I don't know how you describe it, grat gratif- gratification, is that right? Joy. <clears throat> Probably entered into that innate web that all those monkeys were tuned in on, And uh, then they all kind of got it. They're like, oh, we just carry these potatoes over there and wash them. You know, if anyone's into Paul Stamets' work, Paul Stamets and How Mushrooms Can Save the Planet, uh, I recommend checking it out if you haven't. It's excellent information. He's an expert on fungi. And one of the things that he... I'm surprised more people don't talk about this. I mean, you'll find this in a lot of people that are totally into... uh, gardening and stuff, get this. But basically mycelium fungus is the web that connects the uh, an ecosystem, or I don't know if ecosystem's the right word, uh, 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 a forest, a forest system or a jungle or whatever. The mycelium is like one massive, in some cases, they're a single species of mycelium spread out for hundreds of miles all the roots, allowing the soil to become rich for life. And more than that, almost creating a connection web where everything is connected. Everything is connected through the fungus. And fungus is very strange. I'm totally digressing, but there is a... (coughs) I think one of the best parts of uh, planet Earth for me was um, there was one where a... A certain type of cordyceps, cordyceps fungus uh, enters into an ant, takes control of the ant, makes the ant wander away from the other ants off in the distance somewhere safe, at which point it then kills the ant and then grows fruit out of the ant. Freaking bizarre. Bizarre. That sounds interesting, just go to YouTube and Google cordyceps ant. Cordyceps ant. It'll probably come right up. Crazy. So and and we know that the basically the whole Luciferic agenda is to rebel against God, you know, rather than rather than learn, rather than submit. To God's beautiful nature, rather than submit and harmonize and learn how, just like, you know, we see all the other creatures doing, all the other creatures have sort of found, you know, a a, a symbiotic way of existing, coexisting, all existing here, dealing with reality. And um, we have yet to do that. Some of us have, I guess you could look at some indigenous peoples and and, and not just indigenous. I think some of us in the modern world, oh, oh, I know, actually millions of us, millions of us are learning how to symbiotically dance. In fact, that's what um, gives me a lot of hope as far as like the collapse, because I think part of their plan is that when things collapse, we're just going to be so dumb and dopey that, that we are just like going to wait around and be like, well, will you guys fix it for us? But I don't believe. Yeah, you see a lot of dumb and dopey people on the internet and in videos and stuff. But that's because that's that's what dumb and dopey people do. Dumb and dopey people hold the camera up to their face and record themselves acting like an idiot. <laughs> you know, or like regular clever people don't do that. And so, uh, yeah, I think, um, and I think we all know how to what to do. We all know. What we don't want, at least we know we know the things we don't want, and more than that, there's enough people all over the world that know how to how to how to how to you know get rid of factory farming and replace it with. Um, someone else here sent me this. This is interesting. I'm digging into this called uh, holistic planned grazing. HPG, I believe, is what it's called. Yeah, holistic planned grazing. And it's a way of uh, properly um, raising your livestock while um, in a balanced, symbiotic way with nature, right? All right, so I was going to call this thing cryptocurrency, but obviously I've only talked about cryptocurrency for about five minutes. (laughs) But... I still, I am going to call it cryptocurrency. I'm going to call it cryptocurrency and something. Um, But I still want, I would love to hear comments about this Ethereum. And I think others might too. And your opinions about everything I've said. Like, uh, you know, is digital, period, is it something we need to put behind us? I don't, I, I think that's extreme. I think we need to back off. Like, I am... I am 100% opposed to putting hardware in the body. Transhumanism, I'm 100% opposed to. Mobile phones, smartphones, I'm, I'm 100% opposed to them as being a, a regular fixture. You know, If you wanna have it as a toy, whatever. Um, there are a lot of things in the digital world that I think are, are, are bad, are unhealthy. Like if I were a father, there are plenty of things in the digital world that I would not allow my child near in my stead. <clears throat> I don't think that's the right word in my watch, on my watch. <laughs> See, if I don't have a time to edit something I, I i I sound like a real dummy. I, I, I expose the real me. So or is there, you know? is there a future of cryptocurrency? I personally think there's a future of cryptocurrency. I believe the future of money is backed by metal. And then once we get to a level of trust, which is obviously going to be after an exhausting period or a a very liberating period of um, truth and justice and know, everyone getting what they deserves. Everyone getting what they deserved. Once the just desserts are all served up, uh, that we can start rebuilding. And the most important thing to get to is some kind of trust to where we can work together again. And uh, I think that's going to come sooner than later, because here's the thing. A lot of people are already working on this. I mean, there are millions of people that are right now, you know, working probably crazy, crazy hour weeks, just trying to crack the code on all this and, and create a better system. So. And the good news there is that the, the baddies aren't, aren't prepared for it. They're just trying. They're, they're doing a lot of damage control, trying to jump on the whole crypto thing to take control of it. But it's still in the uh, early stages. In fact, everything that's happening now in the fiat system is actually just it's perfect for the crypto because it's stress testing the hell out of it. Everyone's getting a quick education on all kinds of things, and and it and so we'll be more prepared to get it to utilize it following the crash, following the collapse of the USD and fiat. Which is why Uh, If I did the video recently, and a lot of people, I think, you might think it's bullshit, but hey, man, the receipts are all there. You can't deny that. And um, it's interesting. But if, if Alan Greenspan's agenda at the Federal Reserve Bank was to find new and interesting ways of running the money printers into infinity to crash the whole system... Then it would stand, it would it would it would make perfect sense that his crew was also responsible for the Bitcoin white paper because it uh, that's what that that once again. However, you feel about crypto, I don't think you can argue the fact that the Bitcoin white paper in two thousand eight was a public, open source education that's been going on for, what, the past 14 years, 13, 14 years? And uh, has helped us, in my opinion. Now, once we get over into the new age, who knows? I'll probably start being more of a... I know I, for one, am going to want to get into nature and try to separate myself from all the frequencies in the air and, and all that. So I'd like to personally, I'd, I'd like to see us all moving in that more, more in that direction, you know, a balance between the two, you know, I, I, I imagine in a perfect world, having a, a computer studio, you know, like a Faraday cage office out in the country to where that's like the only space I'm subjected to, uh, to the frequencies. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, I hope this was interesting for you. I hope you guys are having a great day. Um, I'm excited. I get to talk to the great Jeremy Brown, a uh, U.S. vet, uh, current political prisoner, who, if you haven't seen it yet, and... Um, All over band.video. I'm not I think it was just another channel. Yeah, just another channel broke it. Exclusive. Green Beret, Jeremy Brown, January 6th, prisoner warns. Trump must do these three things. Uh, anyways, he's um he's been in jail, I think, for a year. He wasn't even at January 6th. He was actually the guy who who was uh, approached by the feds. The feds were trying to recruit him for January 6th. They were trying to, they were trying to get him to be one of the baddies and he had it on tape. I guess he had one of those door video things and the feds are such dummies. (laughs) I mean, think about that. Who are these feds? They just walked up and uh, put it out there on tape. So Jeremy Brown put that video out and uh, revealed what they were trying to do. And they didn't like that, so they threw him in jail. So anyways, that's why I'm doing the show early, because I'm going to get a call from him from prison. Because he's doing a podcast now from jail. He's like, I guess he's recording it on his phone in low res so that he can send it out over his phone or something. I'm going to get the details on that. But it's pretty badass. Uh, it's pretty badass. It just goes to show you that this isn't. This really is an information war. Like if he, if a political prisoner, if, who is thrown in jail for a year, is allowed is still able to like broadcast podcasts from his jail cell, that tells you this isn't uh, as bad as they want you to think it is. There's a. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm falling all into the Q Whitehead stuff, but there's obviously, there's obviously uh, good and bad everywhere. That's all I'm saying. I think that's just fairly logical. But that's why I did a morning show instead of an afternoon show. So it will be a morning show, actually, because I'm about to end right now and upload it shortly. So it's just probably going to come out just before noon for most of us. But, uh, anyways have a great day have a beautiful Sunday uh, make sure you really make sure you're prepared in every way and I think I think to be realistic you just want to make sure you have enough supplies so that you don't have to like go anywhere for a few weeks you know if you're if you're up for a month if you got like a month I think you're good personally I have more than that but I'm hoping that that's going to be mostly stuff I can share with neighbors. I don't expect it to be, you know, like a road warrior. You know, I think that's unrealistic. Uh, our imagination tends to be always, in, in, in my experience, nothing is ever as bad as the mind anticipates it's going to be. That's just my personal situation. I can't speak for everyone else. But make sure you're prepared um, mentally and spiritually. You know, spiritually is important too. I think. I think everyone. We're in a time where everyone's going to get their just desserts. You know, everyone's going to get what they deserve. Uh, everyone's going to. Everyone's going. We're all going to experience something. We're all going to be confronted with ourselves and all that. So, I love you guys. See you next week.